This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. This is Tom Creighton, station manager of WCNO Radio. Most of you know that WCNO Radio is a listener-supported ministry. But do you know that much of our programming is made possible by corporate underwriting? Christian businessmen and women who sponsor this ministry monthly with a financial commitment that allows us to continue bringing you the music and message of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In return, we play sponsorship announcements that let the listeners know who our sponsors are, what they do, what products and services they provide, and if our listeners wish, how they may contact those sponsors. So if you're a Christian business person, why not join us as a partner in ministry today? For free, no obligation information on the corporate underwriting program, we're available at 772-221-1100. That number again, 772-221-1100. Portions of WCNO's broadcast day are underwritten by Palm Beach Ironworks, specializing in structural steel fabrication and installation. Palm Beach Ironworks also provides machine shop services, welding, press brake, shear and brake, and they work with steel, stainless steel, or aluminum. Located at 7768 Belvedere Road in West Palm Beach, Palm Beach Ironworks can be reached at 561-683-1816. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says... You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Daniel was put in a position where he not only had to tell the king what the dream was that the king had, but then he had to interpret the king's dream. And he had to bring that interpretation forward. So God gave him wisdom to help the king, which caused the king to give Daniel favor. Somebody say favor. How many know that when the king had a dream, he couldn't find anyone to interpret it? Nobody in the land could interpret the dream. And King Nebuchadnezzar was pretty uptight that none of his wise men could figure it out. As a matter of fact, he said that if they couldn't find someone to interpret the dream, he was going to kill them all. I mean, that's a pretty stiff penalty. If you can't interpret the dream, he's going to kill them all. Amen? So not only did Daniel get the king's favor by interpreting the dream, he also saved a lot of people's lives by interpreting the dream. Amen? And, and, and they get Daniel, and Daniel goes before the Lord, and not only does he get the dream, but he gets the interpretation of the dream. He gets the revelation of the dream. He goes back to the king, and he tells him the dream, and he tells the king the interpretation of it. And when he does, the king's really happy with him, and he makes Daniel a ruler of Babylon. and puts him in charge, makes him the third most powerful man in all of Babylon. And then he takes three Hebrew boys that were there with Daniel, and, and the king gives them a new name. He calls them Shadrach, Meshach, 
and Abednego, and he puts them over different provinces in the kingdom. So now all of a sudden, these people who were taken from the land, who were separated from, from their faith, and they were brought out of the land of Israel and brought into the land of Babylon in bondage, now all of a sudden, these Hebrew boys that had all this character and all this ability and all this wisdom from God, and Daniel who had been given the, 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 the capacity to interpret visions and dreams, here they are, no longer treated like slaves. Here they are no longer treated like the scourge of the earth. They've been given positions of authority and they've been given rulership in the land that they were bondage in. Come on, talk about a promotion. How would you like to have been a slave, taken away and changed, and next thing you know, you're in the king's palace and you're all in charge? Isn't that cool? I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had it cool, man. That was pretty awesome. Somebody say they had favor by the king. Hmm? How many of you understand that King Nebuchadnezzar was smart enough to recognize an all-powerful God, but it wasn't smart enough to serve him? I mean, you can be smart in a lot of ways and also be dumb. So we find out that after some time has passed, the king decided to build this beautiful 90-foot statue of himself. Y'all know the story, right? He builds this beautiful statue of himself, and the deal was that when the musicians began to play, everybody had to bow down, and everybody had to worship this new image of the king. Well, people begin to do that, but Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a little problem with the king's new rule. And, and, and because they had a commitment to God, they weren't going to bow down. And they understood this truth about not having no other gods before them that they were taught when they were from the land of Israel. Come on, how many know you're not supposed to have no other gods? It's one of the big ten. Somebody say it's a big ten. So they weren't going to bow down to this thing. How many understand this morning that, that this is a lot like what we as Americans are being confronted with today? With our culture. The country that we live in today. How many of you recognize that the knees of our society have been bowing down to materialism? And have been bowing down to humanism? And have been bowing down to moral relativism? Which, where everything just seems to be right. And if it's okay, it's truth. Truth is relative. And, and there's no absolutes anymore. There's no standard of truth anymore. I believe that we're being confronted with that in the body of Christ like never before. I believe the church is being confronted with it. Whether or not we're going to continue to bow down to the culture or are we going to take a stand and refuse it and let God arise? Hmm? I believe that's what we're seeing unfold in our nation today. And, and I also believe that, that this fear that's been loosed is designed to position us to abandon our faith. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm telling you, more people walk away from Christianity today than ever in the history of Christianity. And you want to know where? Right here in the United States of America. You say, well, what about Africa? Fastest growing Christian nations are in Africa right now. What about China? The gospel is spreading like a wildfire through China right now. We can't get people to come to church in America anymore. Why? Because we've been bowing our knee. And I just think that the saints of God are being confronted with this thing of whether we're going to stand in faith or not. Or are we going to bow down? Are we going to give up? Are we going to give in? Now, if you watch these three Hebrew boys, this is really kind of cool. And, and for those of you that grew up in Sunday school, we used to sing about this and talk about this a lot. I mean, for, I remember this is one of the first stories I ever heard in the Bible. Jonah and the whale, you know, the three Hebrew kids in the furnace. And uh, Zacchaeus climbed up the tree, sycamore tree. I remember all of them from being four years old. But this is one of the ones you heard in Sunday school when you were little. And so I know this story is pretty familiar to you this morning.
But I want to just tell you a little bit about a part of this story this morning. Remember when the king said, if you don't bow down, then you're going to be put in a fiery furnace. Y'all remember that? If you don't bow down, you're going to be put in a fiery furnace. That means that these guys knew and they understood that if they didn't bow down, there were going to be some severe consequences for their disobedience. They understood that. They didn't go into this thing not knowing. How many of you recognize this morning as we begin to stand in our world today, we need to understand that when we take a stand of faith in our world today, when we do that, there are going to be consequences. And it ain't always going to be what we want. There are going to be some tough consequences. And because of that, there's no need to be whiny. There's no need to be crying about it. There's no, be, there's no need to stand around and complain. I'm, a, I'm an American citizen. I got rights. No, shut up. I got the right to bear arms. I got the right to free speech. I got the right. No, you're a Christian before you're an American citizen. You gave up all your rights when you said, Jesus, take control of my life. Uh-oh, you didn't expect that this morning, did you? Oh, I got you. <laughs> Come on, touch somebody and say, I'm a Christian. How many of you understand this morning that the Bible says when you stand for truth, you're going to get persecuted for standing for truth? And the Bible also says that when you stand for truth and get persecuted for standing for truth, that that is a good thing. It's good. Now, that don't make no sense to most people, but that's what it says. If you put it in my interpretation of Scripture, it actually says people can persecute you for doing right, and it's cool. That's my, my literal translation of that. Somebody say it's cool. It's okay. The actual scripture in Matthew chapter 5.10 says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen? In other words, if you're getting in trouble for messing up, that ain't no big deal. But if you start getting persecuted for standing on the truth, then that means that the kingdom of heaven is opened up to you. It's opened up to you. And it means that the blessing of God is on your life. The blessing of God is yours when you're getting persecuted for righteousness' sake. So we are confronted with this, amen? And we're going to take a stand of faith for this thing. It's not a political issue. This isn't about politics. It's not an economical issue. This is an issue of truth. What is truth? It's not about what's going on in society around us. It's an issue of truth. So how many of you understand is that we as the body of Christ, as a house, as a church that calls on the name of the Lord, that stands in faith, that we understand that we have to take a stand for what's right. You and I have to take a stand for what's right. You can't bow down. There's plenty of Christians out there bowing down and just saying, okay, well, let it go. You've got to take a stand for what is right and also understand that there's going to be consequences when you take that stand. It's going to be tough. Come on now. Amen? And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You and I don't get to choose what those consequences are going to be. It ain't up to us. We don't, we don't have to do it. We just have to be willing to take the stand. We just have to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to stand, Lord. I ain't bound down. No matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, I'm going to take a stand. How many of you know that we've been promised a life that's abundant and overflowing in Jesus? Amen? Do you know you've been promised that? 
John 10, 10 says that you've been promised a life of overflowing and abundance in him. That's why I'm optimistic about everything. That's why I know we win in the end. I'm at a place where I just want to see the upside of things. I don't want to be pessimistic and passive about things because I know the promise is real. It's real this morning. Amen. So for somebody like me, that doesn't mean I identify with the stuff that's out there. I'm just going to go over it, go around it, get under it, get past it, do what I got to do. And when I do, it's going to be good because I'm trusting God. I'm going through. I'm going to the other side. Somebody say, I'm going to the other side. Okay, about five of you. I'm losing you, ain't I? But how many of you understand this morning, as the people of God, we ought to know that that's truth. That's truth. Amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're facing this thing, and they refuse to bow, so the king calls them in. He goes, listen, y'all embarrassing me, dude. What's wrong with you? I give you this position of authority. I make you known throughout the land. <clears throat> and here you are, you embarrassing me. I, I, I went out of my way for you. I, I gave you this place of authority, and there's people that work for me that didn't even like it when I did it. But I still did it. And now, you're refusing to bow down. Now you got me in a bind. Now you done messed everything up. I really need you to bow down. Can't you just bow down? I really need you to do that. And if you don't, then I, I really ain't got a choice to do except for what I said I was going to do. And you're going to have to get tossed in the furnace. And this is what they said. They said, listen, King, here's the deal. Our God will deliver us. Our God will deliver us. Now, is that a lack of faith? No, it isn't. It's really just a sign of trust. Hmm? Because they're saying... Even if we have to walk this way, even if we have to do this, if the journey carries us through this furnace, our God will deliver us, King. He's going to deliver us. But His deliverance might come in the middle of it. It might come at the end of it. It might come in the beginning of it. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes our obedience might cause us to walk through a fiery furnace. Sometimes it might be painful. And what we need to have is the confidence and trust that God is going to take care of us, either at the beginning or the middle or the end of it. Our God will deliver us. Amen? The next thing they said to the king was this, but our God will save us from out of your hand. Don't you love that? Our God will save us. from. In other words, we'll not die at your hand. You might be throwing us in the furnace, but we're not going to die at your hand. Because the truth is, we're at a place in our culture where we need to take a stand and let God arise. Hmm? Now listen. I'm like everybody else in this room. I don't like pain. I'm not interested in being tossed in a furnace. I ain't crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? I really, really, really enjoy pleasure a lot more than pain. Y'all understand that, right? That's one of the reasons why I chose heaven over hell.